powered through the Alaska Airlines Studios. This is Bump and Stacy on Seattle Sports Station. Powered by Kitsap Credit Union. Streaming through the Seattle Sports app and at seattlesports.com. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacy Rost. Here we go now. All right, we learned a lot this morning from Brockensalk, but particularly from an interview that they had with Lewis Riddick. It was a fascinating take on the Seahawks quarterback situation. Um, he was asked whether or not he would pay Gino, how much money you would give Gino, whether or not you think Drew Locke could be the guy. And there was one answer in particular he had before we get to his takes on who the Seahawks should take at five or whatever. Um, he was asked, hey, would you go with Drew Locke if it means saving money to use on free agents. So would you, for instance, go with Drew and Max Crosby and Drum Payne or Gino? Look, I, I think the gulf between what Drew Locke could do and what Gino Smith did, did this year to be Grand Canyon-esque. Mm. I don't care how much they say they like me. I don't, I don't see it. I believe that drop-off would be so significant and so dramatic that Deron Payne, he better be Warren Sapp and Aaron Donald combined when he gets there. And Max Crosby better be Max time that was already great. Mm. I, I, I just don't, I don't see that. Now, I find that to be the hottest take I've heard about the gap between uh, Drew Locke and, uh, and Geno Smith. I don't know that Geno Smith can be the guy to take you to a Super Bowl, but it's why I'm not out here advocating for Geno Smith to get paid $50 million a year. I don't know that Drew Locke is as bad as he was in Denver. It's why I was really hoping that he would get a chance in the preseason before he got COVID to try to earn that starting role. However, I do think there's a gap. It is interesting to hear Lewis Riddick, who knows a lot about football, say, I'll take Geno over Drew and a good, you know, two good defensive players because I think those defensive players have to uh, play out of their minds to make up for such a big question mark at quarterback. But also, what I like about this argument is that Lewis Riddick didn't even add on, and you can still add to defense with Geno, which you can. It was, even if you just have Geno, I'd rather know what I'm getting at quarterback. Yeah, sounds familiar. Sounds like a familiar argument over here from uh, around 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Uh, and it's just saying, you know, we, we've we seen what Geno can do, and why not build off of that instead of rolling the dice two years in a row? You know, I, uh, I went to, I go to Vegas every single year, and the best time I ever had in Vegas, my uncle had the dice. We're at the craps table, and he's rolling that dice and he's seven on the come out. Everybody at the table's getting paid. It's one of the most electrifying <laughs> atmospheres I've ever been in. I go to Vegas every year since I was 21. So I've been going to Vegas 16, 17 years now. You know how many times I had that feeling, Stacy? One time. That was with my uncle. And he was hot that day, and he was rolling the dice, and everybody was getting paid. But typically, you roll the dice, man, you're going to lose some money in Vegas. So I'm looking at them. I go, the Hawks had that feeling this year with Geno. Uncle had the dice for the Seattle Seahawks, and you're getting money. Everybody's getting paid. Things are good. It's hard to do that two years in a row with two unknowns. Is it possible for Drew Locke? Most definitely it's possible. Yeah. But Geno got the dice now, and he's hot. So I just want to roll with Geno. So I, I appreciate Lewis Riddick painting that picture and having another voice say Because I think people get tired of me and you saying it every day. Mm-hmm. They're like, what do you guys know? 
you guys don't know anything about sports and football and and what and and you're entitled to your opinion and your opinion might be right. But it's refreshing to hear someone who you see on TV every day during the Pro Bowls, calling college games, say that your best bet is just to ride with Gino because he's shown you that he can handle it. Well, and again, I think it's interesting to hear so many national voices be like, well, why wouldn't you? And I think that people think, well, I don't want to pay a lot of money at a quarterback. I don't either. (laughs) Okay? Like, no, ideally you'd have a great rookie. Uh, But what are your options? Your options are... You said it earlier, Gino, Drew, draft. Yep. That's really it. There's any other free agent that's available right now is either going to be the same kind of player as Gino or more expensive or horrible. I don't know if you want Nathan Peterman in here. Maybe you do. Okay. I don't want to fight you on that. Um, and you're obviously not going to trade because you finally have draft capital that you've been craving. So Gino, Drew, or draft. What do you want to do? Mm-hmm. I think that Gino gives you the best chance out of the three to improve or uh, or get to the playoffs next year. And I also think that um, Gino is genuinely the best out of the three for 2023. Maybe a rookie becomes phenomenal. Maybe Drew takes a step forward. But, like, I think what it is, Bump, is a lot of people are doing a little bit of uh, a little bit of revisionist history on Gino's season, much mm-hmm. like a lot of people did revisionist history on Russell Wilson, where after uh, we saw the Seahawks trade Russell Wilson, it was, oh, Russ has always been trash. Always. Last time I checked, Russell Wilson uh, was a regular pro bowler, had a 40-touchdown season, um, was a huge part of this team's success. Really respected like, in the league. That's too. the thing. Incredibly well-respected. Even people who did not like Russell Wilson. I heard people who did not like Russell Wilson. I'm talking about players and mm-hmm. former players still – admit like this guy's good yeah he's a good player uh so there's a little bit of revisionist history with that i think there's a little bit of revisionist history with gino season for saying like hey gino smith you know hey he's gonna get paid he's gonna get the contract he deserves as as a veteran who is a pro bowler well how good of a pro bowler was he what i saw was a <laughs> mediocre season really you think you think setting franchise records for passing yards and completions and attempts and completion percentage is mediocre i mean he's not patrick mahomes but he was the only NFC quarterback to have more than 30 touchdowns. So, I mean, if you want, like, a Patrick Mahomes, either draft or pay for a Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. That's not what this is. And if you draft a Patrick Mahomes, you have an opportunity to with that fifth spot, right? You want to draft if a quarterback, you, do it, then go you for draft it. a quarterback. But even Pat Mahomes had to sit for a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Alex Smith was the bridge quarterback there. They said, look, we have a veteran. Let's go ahead and draft a young guy. Make him sit for a year or two. We'll see what happens. Look at the the great ones to do it. Who's are, who are the greats left in the league? Tom Brady played behind Drew Bledsoe. You got Aaron Rodgers played behind Brett Favre. Mm-hmm. You That's can go one. out and get your guy. We're just saying you have a dude who can be your bridge right now. Someone asked, do you think the yeah. Hawks win the Super Bowl next year? They're not the favorites, no. I mean, obviously you have to play it out and see what happens. I thought they were going to win six games this year. Joke's yeah. on me, nine and eight. They go to the playoffs. But I can't predict the future, but what I can do is place my bet on a situation to where I feel you're allowed to be competitive at the same time build this team. You don't want to go into the tank. As angry as you guys are now about Geno Smith possibly getting 30 mil. Imagine what you guys would be like if this team comes out and they're 2-15. and 15 And yes. they win three games and Thank four you. games. You, I mean, we we get callers all day. You guys would gladly call in and talk about how bad this team is. Well, that's the thing. It's like, you. what do you want? Right? Like, think about what you want. What I want is, do I think the Seahawks are winning a Super Bowl in 2023? No. 
Uh, do I right now, if you were to put me on the spot, think that Gino is your long-term answer at quarterback? No, no offense, Gino. I don't. Um, could I be convinced of that? Maybe. It's really hard for me to overcome his age, right? Uh, but hey, maybe. You never know. Kurt Warner, right? Um, do I want the Seahawks to uh, lose a lot of games for the next couple years? No. It makes my job a lot harder. Uh, <laughs> do I think that they have the ability in a weak conference to at least push for a Super Bowl sooner than we expected? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some things need to happen. Yeah. You need to remain competitive and you need to build. And the Hawks are in a great position. They're in a position they've never been in before. They're in a position to where they have a lot of draft capital. You have a team that's above mediocre. You made the playoffs, and you're rebuilding at the same time. You just drafted a bunch of rookies who contributed. One went to the Pro Bowl. You have some more rookies that are going to come in if you do this right, and they're going to help you out. But at the same time, you still have pillars, right? I'm going to – and this is is me believing, right? Because at some point you got to say – I be, this is what I believe. Forget what everyone else thinks. I believe that Uchin Nwosu and DT are going to have another good years. I really do. I think that they understand who DT is now. I think Uchin Nwosu has had some time to shine. He was overshadowed by some ballers over there in L.A. I think they found something in these two. I think they're going to be fine. I think the secondary is going to be fine. I think you have to build at that linebacker spot. But I also think and feel that at worst case, at worst case, Gino's going to be the number two quarterback in this conference. I think Kyler Murray, his knee, he has some stuff to figure out. I think that Matthew Stafford is going to be surrounded by weapons. We'll see how healthy he is. Um, who am I missing? I'm missing this division. Am I drawing Did we say Dak already, Jalen? No, uh, division. Just division. Oh, division. Just division. No, you're. I mean, that's that's it. You know, and that's what the focus should be. The focus should be. All right, let's win the division. You know what happens if you win the division? This is going to be one of the best divisions of football next year. I firmly believe that mm-hmm. you're going to have a high seed and you're going to be in the playoffs. Uh, let's talk about how much. Okay. So let's spend about, uh, we'll do five minutes here. So let's talk about two more things because I want to cover these two. We're going to stick with Gino. Then we're going to get to the draft. So for anyone who's like, I want to sign Gino. I want to move on. We're talking about the draft coming up in like two minutes. Give me one sec here. Uh, Lewis Riddick is uh, talking about cap space. So this is an important part of the Gino versus Drew versus some other quarterback conversation is using cap space and wanting to build your roster. Here's what Lewis says about not only whether or not he'd pay Gino, um, but how he treats cap space in general. Gino wasn't the reason why this team couldn't take a further step or, or a further jump this year. And I don't think that cap space is necessarily something that you have to safeguard to the degree where if you have some more cap space and you do get a young quarterback in there, that that cap, cap space that you will then gain will allow you to go out and get some players that will get you over the hump with a young quarterback. I don't necessarily believe that to be the case. So he's saying you don't need to safeguard cap space when it comes to quarterback in order to build a roster, um, that he would maneuver the cap, go out and get some help if he signed Geno. Uh, you can do the same if you have a young quarterback, but – that sometimes the difference between – tell me if I'm hearing him wrong. Was he saying sometimes the difference between the two, either getting a quarterback or, or paying a veteran a lot, doesn't make up for if you're a really bad team? Or like, what's he saying here? He's saying that saving all that money that people think you're going to save doesn't necessarily mean that you are going to go out and get everything you need on defense to put this team over the hump. Okay. He's saying that it could be done – in both scenarios to where you go cheaper at quarterback or you pay, you know, 28 to 32 mil, whatever he's going to require there. He's saying that 
just because you save that money doesn't mean you're going to go and get three or four guys on defense right now who are ready to go, who will drastically impact this team. I think the focus should be you go get one guy on that defense that's worth big money, and then you sprinkle in everybody else and get some depth and build some cohesion. You get guys who fit what you want this defense to be. Mm-hmm. Just like the Mariners have gone out and they fit what they want on their on this ball club. Not the moves that we all wanted, not the big names, but they believe we have the guys that we need to do what we want to do. That's what you have to do here as well. You can't go get you can't you can't go get three or four guys right now. Yeah. Well, big money guys. You can get some help in the draft. You just got to make sure that those guys can actually contribute and as we know from the NFL draft, nothing is a sure thing. Sometimes, though, uh, you do find some immediate contributions. They have a great chance to at number five overall. Let's talk draft. What does Lewis Riddick think that they should do at number five? I, I would lean towards thinking that it's probably going to be a defensive impact player, primarily on the first two levels of the defense, probably pass rusher or D tackle. Whoever is the guy that can really give them some playmaking ability to one create negative runs, you know, capture the line of scrimmage and get them the third down and then be able to sack quarterbacks, turn over the football, give the offensive more chance. They just don't, they don't have anybody really up there. They need more, they need more people. Mm -hmm. They need more people on the impact players there. And they need somebody in the secondary as well. They need another guy on the edge because you know, Tariq's going to have one side locked down now for the who knows how long Then he's just only going to get better. They need another one. Maybe if Gino would have never taken off or if Drew didn't seem like a pretty good safety, uh, number five would be a far more fascinating pick because it would be, do they take Stroud? Do they trade up and take Young? Do they take, uh, you know, Levis? Like, what do they do? It is so hard not to think, Bump, that they have to use that in the front seven. Like, I can see no other place more in need of help. You're right. If Gino Gino did not do what he did this year, then there would be more of a sense of urgency to fill that spot. What Gino did, he bought him time. He go, look, I just bought y'all one or two years, maybe three, mm-hmm. to where you can start building elsewhere. You know what the defense did? Created even a more sense of urgency for them and say, you got to fix us right now. The offense, right now they're good enough to win some ball games. The defense isn't good enough to win some ball games. So I think that just like some people have to do listening to us and Lewis Riddick or whoever, you have to kind of shift you're, you're thinking and say, okay, where are these guys today? If Geno doesn't have that year, they definitely go get a quarterback for that number five spot. But things change, man. Situations change. That's football. You make adjustments. What does your team need, need right now? I think everyone could say they need help on that defense. Yes, not even close. All right, uh, let's get to four down territory. This is Four Down Territory, going inside the game. What former Seahawks and Coug wide receiver Michael Bumpus. First down, Jared Goff had some advice for Derek Carr as he embarked on his second life in the NFL. What quarterbacks have shown Carr that their second leg in the league can be prosperous? Man, if there's any position where quarterbacks can bounce back, or positions in the league where people can bounce back, it's quarterback. We've seen it happen so many times. We've seen it with Geno Smith. Michael Vick bounced back after having to go sit down in that room for a long time, about a couple years, for doing some things he shouldn't have done. He comes back to Philly. He's a better overall quarterback, completes 62% of his passes. That is a career best. Breaks a whole bunch of other career best. The main thing about him is he was just a better quarterback. He had a different lens when he was when he was there with Philly. Then you go to Warren Moon, local guy. Went to the CFL, 84. He joins the league with the Oilers, six times pro bowler. Then he goes to Minnesota, puts together a couple good years pro bowler there. Comes to 
Seattle, 97, Pro Bowler there. Then we're going to Tarkenton, going back in the 60s, 64, 65, Pro Bowler with the Vikings, Pro Bowler with the Giants. Comes back to the Vikings, he does his deal. I do all this just to paint a picture to say you can do this in the NFL. You can have a second win. And Jared Goff is a perfect example for Derek Carr. Rams, Pro Bowler. Super Bowl appearance, goes to the Lions. He's a pro bowler. Yes, he's an alternate. He has the second most uh, touchdown passes, 29, and then he has the second highest completion rate. But the reason why it worked is because he went to a place with offensive weapons. He had a coach who was enthusiastic and a team looking for leadership. Let me remind you about Carr. People knock Carr all the time. Three-time pro bowler. The last four years, the Raiders had a top 10 passing offense. If you surround him with the weapons, he'll be good to go. What are his options? Houston, Jets, Atlanta, Tampa. I'll narrow it down to Atlanta and Tampa at this point. Um, and maybe in the Jets, too. Yeah. But it just has to be the right situation. Not to say Derek Carr is the type of guy to transform a franchise. No. He's a Jared Goff type of dude. You get him around a couple running backs, a couple receivers, an offensive mind over there at the OC spot that allows him to flourish, you could be a good quarterback in this league the second time around. I almost want to have a conversation. Now, should we do this today or maybe another day about like which quarterback potentially in a new situation this year has the best chance to take off? Lamar could be franchise tag, but you have some notable names. I mean, I know Tom Brady's hit retirement, but Rodgers could be traded. Carr could be released or traded, will be released or traded. Mm -hmm. Then you've got Jimmy G. Uh, Lamar could potentially be traded. Uh, Daniel Jones, obviously a free agent. Geno is a free agent. Like there's a couple different landing spots where it's like, hey, like this quarterback on a new team could change the layout of um, of this conference or this division. Man, could you imagine if Aaron Rodgers goes to the AFC West? Let's well, let's talk about this at one thirty. God, yeah, let's let's do get it. back. I like this conversation. Okay, we'll do this at one thirty. Uh, so before we get to that, though, second down. Mock drafts are out and ready for consumption. It is draft season. Players will be moved around on draft charts daily. So who's a player who may have moved up in the draft and who caught your eye this weekend? Man, our buddy Brock Heward beat me to the punch with this one because his show airs from 6 to 10. And I'm listening to him and I go, man, I feel I feel validated. Brock <laughs> Heward, the QB's talking about this guy. I'm good to go. That's Jay Hinner, man. Fresno State, this dude can play. I've always liked just his boxing. I remember watching him against UCLA. He drives down, game-winning touchdown. He throws for 455 yards, two touchdowns. Dude's just gritty. Mm-hmm. Then against Oregon State, completes 64% of his passes for 360 in a loss, but shows, look, I can play against these big boys. I was at UW. I was behind Jacob Eason. I made the move because I wanted to play right now. He has to be moving up on these guys' mock drafts at this point. In the Senior Bowl this weekend, he was 12-19, 145, one touchdown. My thing is I wanted him to prove it against the best guys in the country, those hogs in the box. Can he still be productive? That's exactly what he was. Not the biggest kid, six foot, about 195, 200 pounds, but can play ball. Not the strongest arm, but throws a pretty football. Elusive enough to make plays. I'm looking at Heener over there, and I'm saying, look, if somebody slips up and grabs this young man, and he touches that football field in the near future, you might have some tough decisions to make. Third down. We always keep an eye on player acquisitions, but which coaching move are you interested in seeing unfold? What are the popular ones? We got Sean Payton. We got Frank Wright. We got D'Amico Ryans. The Kellen Moore to the Chargers means Brian Shoddy is now the OC in Dallas. Now, we remember Schottenheimer over here. I don't know how you guys remember him because the offense kind of fizzled off towards the end of the season. But I remember him helping Russell Wilson have a career-high 40 touchdown passes. I remember him helping Russell Wilson have a pass rating of 
110.9 career high. Also, 67 completion rate, a career high. Yes, Russell is the talent, but Brian Schottenheimer had something to do with that. They separate towards the end of the year because of philosophical differences. Mm -hmm. So now I'm like, look, if Brian can go over to Dallas and resurrect Dak Prescott, I don't think Dak is done. He just had a bad year. If he can change the way people are viewing Dak Prescott right now after throwing a league-high 15 interceptions and not having a great year when it came down to crunch time, he might be all right. He's got weapons. You got Pollard and Elliott. We'll see what's, happening, what's going on with Pollard. You got Schultz over there at the receiver. Excuse me, tight end. You got CeeDee Lamb over there at receiver. This, and you made a good point Thank uh, the you. first time around that um, – <laughs> The Dallas offense is built for that grinder type of game, the type of game that Scheidehammer calls grinder and then big plays. Yeah. I think that was that led perfect into my point. I'm just saying, I want to see what he does over there with those weapons. Hot take. What if Brian Schottenheimer in Dallas has a better offense than does Kellen Moore uh, with the Chargers? The, the, of the two, I think Herbert is the quarterback with the higher ceiling. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of great weapons. Uh with, with both, but particularly with the Chargers. But I don't know. I mean, people knock on McCarthy all the time, but he does have experience as a play caller. Obviously, Schottenheimer is going to be doing that role, but you have two guys who have experience either being offensive coordinators or being on the off- offensive side of the ball with a young OC with the Chargers mm-hmm. and a former defensive coordinator. I'm just saying, there's a devil's advocate argument to be made that despite Kellen Moore being like the darling of the NFL right now, that what if Schottenheimer and McCarthy are better than Dallas? What if they are? And um, Moore got weapons. He yeah. got Mike Williams. He got Keenan Allen. He got Austin Eckler over there. He has weapons. This is going to be be fun to watch. I hope success for both of them. But I'm really interested to see what Shadi does with this opportunity. All right. Fourth down. The NFC won the Pro Bowl games, but who was the best overall athlete of Pro Bowl weekend? Lots of great athletes out there. We saw Hawkinson drive a golf ball 316 yards longer than anybody we saw uh, the big boys in the AFC and the, the little wall challenge, whatever it is, dominate. But I'm looking at this dude who's about 5'10", maybe 200-some pounds, run all across the 7v7 field to make plays. I'm looking at you, Shaq, and I'm saying that dude is an athlete, and I loved his swag, man. Are there guys who are faster, who are stronger, who have better cuts most definitely but it was nice to see him shine because all we're used to seeing him do is all right fill the a gap and let your running back get loose i mean protect your quarterback with this blitz being picked up oh catch this this uh this pass out into the flats we got to see him move yeah and i'm watching him move and i'm saying i see you use check now you're seeing what kyle shanahan and them see where they're like yeah we got to work this guy in yeah yeah all right let's see what's on tap this is What's on Tap with Bump and Stacy, brought to you by Dick's Driving. So, folks, what's on tap? The Kraken return to action from the All Star break tomorrow with a game against the Islanders. And that's What's on Tap, brought to you by Dick's Driving. All right, two things coming your way as we wrap up the show. What I need to know at 145, we need your questions. Any question you have, Curtis, you already have one. It's just for Curtis. It says, What I need to know, Curtis, Bobby Flay, or Guy Fieri? Live from the Alaska Airlines Studio, this is Seattle Sports Station. You're listening to Bump and Stacy, Powered by Kitsap Credit Union. All right, get your questions in for what I need to know. Coming your way in 15 minutes, 866-979-3776. Again, what I need to know it could be any question. We already have a question in here about Guy Fieri. Uh, 866-979-3776. Before we get to it, we could have a couple quarterback changes in the NFL this year. We have some guys who are already free agents, right? It doesn't matter uh, 
what their team does. They are on their way out. Maybe they'll resign. Daniel Jones, Geno Smith. Uh, Tom Brady was one of those guys. He retired, as a lot of people were speculating he would. So uh, Jimmy G, another one of those guys. Then you have guys that are currently under contract but are likely to get released, in the case of Derek Carr, or potentially Aaron Rodgers traded. Um, That is maybe not the least likely, but a a trade of Aaron Rodgers and Lamar Jackson are two that have only ever been rumored. And um, both teams have at times seemed pretty keen on keeping both players. But the rumors are out there, so we're going to deal with them here. Which quarterback in a new situation has the best chance to take off? Bump, as part of this conversation, uh, we also got to talk about where we think that best situation might be. Mm -hmm. So it's not just, oh, I think that... um, Jimmy G definitively out of all these guys has the best chance. It's, hey, I think that like Jimmy G in New York could take off and here's why. Or I think Daniel Jones with the Raiders could take off and here's why. Or Aaron Rodgers with the Raiders. So we'll start with the basic question. Assuming that Rodgers is also one of these quarterbacks on the move, which quarterback could have the best chance to take off in a new situation? We got Aaron Rodgers, got Derek Carr, we got Jimmy G. Daniel Jones. Danny Dimes. Uh, Derek Carr, Geno. Let's say Geno Smith. We'll throw him in here because he is a free agent. Uh, I'm on the fence about throwing Lamar Jackson in. I do think the Ravens are I mean, he's not signed. Okay, we'll do Lamar Jackson too. So Aaron Rodgers, Jimmy G, Daniel Jones, Derek Carr, Geno Smith, Lamar Jackson. I got to go with the best quarterback on that list, and that's Aaron Rodgers. Someone texted in, oh, he's about to be 40 years old. Yeah, Tom Brady won a Super Bowl at 44. Um, He led or was leading the league in passing yards for a lot of the season at 45 years old. So I look at Aaron Rodgers and I say, wherever he goes, that team's going to be more competitive, but specifically for the Las Vegas Raiders. They have a run game. They have to sign Josh Jacobs. Mm -hmm. He's a free agent. Mm -hmm. You have a run game if you sign him. You have Devontae over there at the receiver spot. Your boy. You still got Hunter Renfro. You got Waller. You have weapons offensively. The knock is going to be the defense. How can the defense help Rodgers? Rodgers is the type of player, though, type of quarterback, to where he helps the defense just by his play. But then you got to look at that conference. If Rodgers were to go to the AFC West, that is the most talented conference in football when it comes to quarterback play. That means you got Russell Wilson. I know. Bad year. Still. All right. You got Pat Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, and Justin Herbert. That's the one thing that makes me think maybe he doesn't go to the AFC West. He's like, I got to play, what, six uh, six games are going to be just be tough, man. Yeah, it's going to be tough. So if he's trying to win, which it sounds like he's trying to do, which he should be trying to do at this point of his career, uh, I might take a look at other teams. But Las Vegas makes sense. You got Josh McDaniels over there. Your boy used to call plays with. So much chemistry over there in Las Vegas. If he were to go there, I think Vegas goes from a six-win team to a ten-win team easily. I think the problem is that uh, there may be an opportunity for uh, Aaron Rodgers to find success if there was like a stacked NFC team because there's less quarterback talent in the NFC. Mm -hmm. The Green Bay Packers are not going to trade him to an NFC team. They might. I would not. Um Okay, so uh, we got a couple different guys. I think that um, I am very interested to see Derek Carr in a new situation. You talked about it during four downs, so I'm stealing a little bit of your thunder. But Mm -hmm. you pointed out that Derek Carr uh, has been on an offense that you said ranked in the top 10 a few times, like quite a few times. Top 10 passing. The last four seasons they've been top 10. That's what I'm saying. Like If you look at the quarterback passing yards over the course of the season – 
Derek Carr will randomly pop in there in like top three. Mm-hmm. Like I want to say in Tom Brady's MVP season, he was top three. I may be misremembering, but Derek Carr has played fine. Um, he has made mistakes. He has been imperfect. Uh, there are reasons that he has not been seen as this consensus top five quarterback. Mm-hmm. But the problem with the Raiders hasn't just been Derek Carr. It has been coaching. It has been instability. And it has been bad defense for basically the entire time that he's been there. Um, so I am curious to – it's kind of like Matthew Stafford. I, I actually see a lot of similarities between the two. Was the problem in, De- in Detroit that Matthew Stafford was never your guy? Or is the problem Detroit? Is the problem in Vegas, then Oakland, that uh, Derek Carr was never your guy? Or is it the team? And, like, I wonder if with Derek Carr, if it's the team. Like, what would Derek Carr look like with the Jets? What would Derek Carr look like in San Francisco? Derek Carr is is the type of player that needs at least a middle-of-the-pack type of defense. He's not the type of player that is going to tell the team to hop on my back. I'm going to drop 40 on these dudes for you. Don't trip defense. Hold them to 30. He's just not that type of quarterback. He's a good NFL quarterback. There aren't too many quarterbacks who are like that, honestly. I mean, you can't ask Pat Mahomes to average 40 points a game. He's going to need some help eventually. So Derek Carr is not that superstar type of quarterback. You only have so many of those a year. So he he needs help. And that's why if I'm Derek Carr, I might be looking at them Jets and saying, you know what, there's a young defense over there mm-hmm. that looks pretty good. There's a young running back that looks pretty good when he's healthy. There's a young receiver. receiver over there that looks pretty good when healthy. That's the type of talent that I need to be surrounded by for this team or for him to have this success. All right, I'm going to go to another one of my favorite storylines this offseason, which is what happens with Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Uh, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens were a perfect marriage for a while, certainly during his MVP season. It seemed that no other team could find a way to complement his skill set and that his skill set made Baltimore so much better and all the weapons around him. However, that marriage has since soured. Lamar Jackson didn't get the contract extension he was looking for. Uh, Baltimore got a Lamar Jackson who not only wasn't healthy at the end of the year, but there are rumors that, like, could he be pushing to play? Uh, Is he just protecting his body? So it's weird that both sides kind of figured out, hey, I needed you or you were more valuable to me, and yet the relationship uh, has gotten to a really low point. Baltimore, for what it's worth, has um, pretty openly sounded as though they'd like to franchise tag him or bring him back or whatever, but the possibility of a trade still is there. My question, Bob, is Lamar Jackson's best chance at success with Baltimore or elsewhere? You look at the relationship, and relationships are big. So is it with, he's had, obviously, his best years of his career with Baltimore. the only team he's been with. He's been an MVP. Here's the thing about Lamar. Have we pigeonholed this dude? Have we just made him yes. a mobile quarterback, say he cannot throw from the pocket? Yeah. I think we have. I think that this Baltimore Ravens offense hasn't even allowed him to develop into anything else. You've kind of pigeonholed him and said, this is what he's going to be. So now he is in his, what, fifth year, sixth year in the, in, uh, in the NFL right now, and he's looking for a change. Is he capable of making that change so deep into his career? I think that he is. So what's best for him, I think, is what's best. So now, okay, now he's into this Russell Wilson territory. Who do you? Who does Lamar Jackson think he is? Right. Does he think I can be that pocket quarterback? I can throw the football. I want to do that. If he thinks that, then he goes somewhere else. That's what's best for him at the time. Time will tell. If he went somewhere else and got that offense, we'll see how he would develop. But right now, I would say 
it's best for him to stay in Baltimore. I think he sits at the table with the powers that be and says, look, open up this playbook. I can run, but guess what? I'm 26 years old. I got four or five years on my body. I can't keep this up for long. That's why running backs don't play for long mm-hmm. because they're getting hit every single play, and you want him to last. You want him to be around for the long run. So I'm interested. He's in Russell Wilson territory. Are you good with where you're at because you've had success, or do you think you could be something that you haven't had a chance to show kind yet? Kind of bet on yourself. Yep. All right, this hour of Bump and Stacey's brought to you by Mazda of Everett. Get your questions in for what I need to know. Any question you have, text it now to the Mac and Jack's text line. That number, 866-979-3776. Your questions are answers next. Live from the Alaska Airlines studio, this, this is Seattle Sports Station. You're listening to Bump and Stacy. Powered by Kitsap Credit Union. It's what I need to know. Brought to you by All Red Heating, Cooling, Electric. Get your questions in now. Any question you have, I have some food questions. I have sports questions, a baseball question, all kinds of good stuff. Get them texted in. Texted in? Text them in now. 866-979-3776. That is the Mac and Jack's text line. What I need to know, you have one mission. You can you eat a family-sized bag of chips in 30 minutes. Which brand slash flavor do you choose? We were just talking about it. It's the, uh, yeah, because I got yelled at. Sour cream and onion. Yes. Yeah. Lay's? Yeah. Yeah. All I like day. the pop okay. chips, sour cream and onion with ridges. Pop chips Cheddar are 90% air. No, so but they're really good. Having, but I'll eat two family bags. You're not eating like chips. I also like, like pirate booty. Again, and 90% air. There's these uh, one chips that are blue tortilla chips, but they have like red powder on them. I would have those. So I thought a lot about this question during the break. and <laughs> We talked about it the I, entire time. What I'm going with is not your traditional choice for this. I'm going to go with Juanita's tortilla chips, and here's why. Oh, My favorite chip is the sweet chili Doritos in the purple bag, but those will get hot if you eat too many in a row. So going with a simple tortilla chip cuts down on heat. You get no heat from those. Uh but Juanita's tortilla chips are incredible. They are the best. Cut the check, Juanita. Uh, like, I could eat those. I, I don't even need to dip them in anything. That's how good they are. Uh, what I need to know, uh, Bump, who is your all-time favorite L.A. Lakers player? And what was your favorite all-time I mean, Lakers team? You, Mine is Magic and the Magic his, Era playing his team. Son do you not listen to this show? Thank you. It's the Bump and Stacey show. From 10 to 2. His son, Kurt Rambis Bumpus. <laughs> <laughs> my Kurt, my, my son, Brian Scott. Nah, it could be Brian. And my favorite team, you know what? What if you have to choose one team one year? One team one year. At, I'm going to be selfish. The 2003 was good. But since I'm Kobe, I want him to get most of the shine. I'm going 2010. Okay. 2010 Lakers team, him and Powell. Uh, what I need to know... Um, Ken Griffey or Tony Gwynn. Then they add, I was born in San Diego but moved to Washington in 1995, so I love them both. I have a clear number one and a close second. They don't tell us, though. My first ever <laughs> baseball game I went to was a Padres game and saw Tony, Tony play. Ooh. But my first real connection to loving baseball is Ken Griffey. Yeah. It's Ken Griffey easily. Too fun. I would say Griffey for emotional reasons. I developed a deeper appreciation for Tony Gwynn as I got older, but because I didn't watch a lot of Padres games, I didn't really appreciate him until I was, like, into adulthood. Tony Gwynn, big inspiration for Ty France. That was his, yeah, um, his, that was his manager in, in college yeah. for San Diego State. 
Tony Gwynn's got some outrageous stats where it's like if he went 0 for his next 1,000 at-bats or something, he'd still have a career batting average over 300. Uh, excitement, I would say Ken Griffey Jr. wins that one mm-hmm. easily going away. But Tony Gwynn may be the most slept on, like, Yes. Legend in baseball yeah, history. For sure. Uh, what I need to know if Bump strapped 10 pound weights to each ankle, does he still beat Stacy and Curtis in the 40 yard dash? Yes. yes. I don't know. So. Yes, he does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not even I don't close. think there's uh, any doubt about Bump, that. Bump, do you remember your 40 time? Uh, depends on who you ask. I, my my best time my best time was a, a four four seven. I could do that, but they got me posted like a four five. Oh, it's bull. Five five seven. I could probably do like a maybe like an eight. An eight? Nah, you run All faster right. than that. Uh, yeah. Bump, you have too much faith. An eight? I'm I not a land athlete. I've said this multiple Stacey, times. Stacy, I think you could get six flat. Thank you. We'll try this later. What yeah. I need to know. Uh, which tape do you use the most, scotch tape or duct tape? It says a lot about your personality. Yeah, it says whether or not you're a serial killer. <laughs> what do you mean? It says a lot about Binding your personality. Binding people's legs together. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't, I don't use tape. So what tape. do you guys use? Zip ties or do you just like, you know, <laughs> change it up? The most I use tape is during chloroform. Christmas. <laughs> scotch tape. Yeah. yeah. Can you imagine what brand of chloroform do you use? I would use say packaging by? tape probably used more than scotch tape. What with everybody now selling things online and you got to ship stuff back that you don't want. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think I use more packaging tape than anything. I like this question. If not the Seahawks, which team could Gino have the most success with? That's looking for a quarterback right now? And let's assume that, I don't think he would, but let's assume San Francisco's an It's the Niners all day. Gino would kill in that system. Dude, just imagine. Uh, We've the most common uh, chip sent in, by the way, was a version of tortilla chips. Like, a couple different people have them. And then classic Doritos. But shout out to Sweet Maui Onion. Oh, A yeah. chip I completely mm. overlooked. Oh, yeah. It was disrespectful yeah. of yeah. me. Yeah. It was dismissive of me. We have another food question. Uh, oh, you can get your questions in. 866-979-3776. The best flavor of sunflower seeds. This person going with dill pickle, which I have not tried. I've never tried that. I just go with the original. I didn't know there were that many flavors. I there's barbecue. I know there's ranch. Actually, yeah, I, I get down with ranch. Yeah. yeah, I don't like sunflower seeds. I know that that's too like much a, effort. It's just too much work. Yeah, you don't want really it to work frustrated. for your food. Well, no, it's yeah. just really annoying to like. Why can't they just be opened? Well, they have they have the ones that are. Yeah, but the then it, but then it's kind of not rewarding. <laughs> 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 you know, you can't just can't do it um curtis and bump what's your biggest man crush mine is ryan reynolds i'd probably say michael b jordan right now michael b jordan michael b jordan yeah he's he's in in every good movie yeah uh seems like a really good dude that's mine i dwayne johnson oh Oh, that's a good one yeah that's a good one dwayne johnson i'm like you're 50 bro yeah. I want to look like, I'll never look like that, but and I would love to look like that. Think of how talented Michael B. Jordan is to be famous with the name Michael Jordan, and you know who he is. Right? That's true. Like, all he had to do was add that little initial. Yeah. I mean, mine's always Beyonce. I need to be more creative, though, where it's like, <laughs> I'll watch anything she does. <laughs> it doesn't matter. How do you feel about her uh, snub last night? Oh, God. Don't even get me started. Harry Styles over Beyonce? Look, uh-huh. Harry, incredibly talented. Uh, a very uh, like creative singer takes risks 
However, I don't think he deserved it over Beyonce. Though, Tay, you made a good point that it probably should have been Bad Bunny over anyone. All right. Uh, what I need to know. We're getting cough drop ones? Ricola or Halls? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm a, I'm a Ricola guy. The, the questions have way, turned into strictly food questions. To answer that question earlier, who I would take, Bobby Flay or Guy Fieri. Oh, yeah, Guy Fieri. Uh, I, I'm a guy guy. Yeah. All right, that's that's how it is. There's way less stuff that's, like, at stake when you watch a Guy Fieri program. It's perfect background noise. It's, it's perfect, like, yeah. marathoning TV as well. Like, just watch every single episode of Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. Whereas Bobby Flay, it's like, people with knives in their hands and very intense music. And it's like, uh, <laughs> I'm getting anxiety. I don't like this. All right. I'll I mean, end I with like. a sports question. Uh, what I need to know, what's more likely Derek Carr to the saints or Aaron Rodgers to the Raiders. Raiders. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers. To the Raiders. Raiders. Oh, shout out to the person who just told me, try getting your iced coffee in a paper cup for transport. Cause it'll be quiet in the hallway for when you're late to work. Mm. Oh, Thank you, 206. Shout out to you for that idea. Life hack. Unfortunately, when I walk into the room, Bump and Curtis are sitting there. So yeah, I'll figure out that second part later. <laughs> I'll, I'll work on the second part later. All right. That will do it for us. We'll be back with you guys at 10 a.m. tomorrow. For Michael Bumpus, for Curtis Rogers, I'm Stacey Rost. Don't go anywhere. Wyman and Bob coming up next.